following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Gentlemen, the outside blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the Cannonball, Alex Steele. Boom! Boom. What? What's up, everybody? Yeah, buddy, what's going on? Um, Boots once again out uh, for the week, but uh, he's got some family emergency stuff going on. That's okay. Uh, mm-hmm. We are uh, Alex. We are large and in charge. We are right in the heart of the off season here. We are. Uh, this, we we took an extra couple of weeks. You know, there's a lot of training camp stuff going on. A lot of, a lot of, I guess I would call it non-news, really. But yeah, the, the wells wells pretty dry here during the, it's it, or as we call it the calm before the storm. But uh, the preseason, I believe, starts late August, so we are only two months away from football. Yeah, it's it's not too far off here, believe it or not. We I think it's. Uh, nine weeks till football starts. So uh, I am not upset about that at all. Fantasy football's around the corner. So I'm excited. Right. We, we've got a lot of stuff going on. There's, there's a lot of stuff. Um, and, and uh, we're going to, you know, around this time of year, things just slow down. That's all there is mm-hmm. to it. It slows down. It quiets down. There's not a lot going on. Um, so we waited an extra week to, to put out this episode because to be quite frank, there was nothing. It, it's been mm. radio silence across the league for like the first two weeks. And this last week we had a few extra things go on and it was like, Hey, I have enough here to put together a show. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, we, we wanted to give it one extra week. So we had enough news and whatnot next time we're on the show though. However, uh, that'll be two weeks from now. Um, next time we're on the show, I want to, Alex, we're going to jump into, um, our uh, uh, predictor stuff, our way too early season predictions. Um, mm-hmm. We have our standings for wh- how we think all the divisions are going to end up this year. And uh, we're going to wind up having a good time with that. Um, it's one of my favorite episodes of the year because we get to go out and, and make our way too early season predictions um, based on a, a bunch of just bullshit. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> Just, just throwing darts against the wall. Yeah, you never know what's going to happen in the NFL. Things go crazy all the time. Things go haywire all the time. There are obvious things that that will uh, will happen throughout the season, but there are not so obvious things that take place, um, and you're just like, oh, that's the direction <laughs> we're going. Okay, <laughs> so uh, the, we'll we'll be doing that uh, next time around. Um, but Alex, we've got some news around the league. We've got some stuff going on here. We got some signings. We got a couple releases. I I, I couldn't believe uh, the the big release. However, was is the big one. Uh, this one was the the elephant in the room. Vikings release running back Dalvin Cook after no trade materializes. They did have a couple of trade offers, but the trade offers were too low for the Vikings to accept. So they just give him his outright release post June one. Uh, saves nine point five million dollars in cap space. You know, the Vikings double their cap space in this situation. 
I, I did think it was time to move on from Dalvin, 28 years old. He's pretty injury prone. Uh, Dalvin, I think, has has not completed a season in his entire NFL career, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. He's one of those running backs who is so damn good when he's on the field. Dalvin Cook is incredible. Um, he had over 1,300 yards last year. He had eight touchdowns. Um, he's a great running back. I just feel like Dalvin, uh, from a durability standpoint, um, he's not, and, and really he's getting, he was getting paid twelve and a half million dollars at the time he was getting paid premium money for a non-premium position. Uh, the Vikings realized that they, they picked up Alexander Madison again for, for another couple of years and they, he's about to be RB one. So, I mean, I, I get it. I think that Madison is not as good as Dalvin cook. I wish the Vikings would have been shopping him earlier though. Uh, particularly before the NFL draft, if you're going to get something for him, you should be doing it before the draft. You shouldn't be go do, doing it, you know, after draft time trying to execute a trade because you're not going to be able to get any return on it. Um, and then you're going to have to dip into the free agency market and hope you can sign somebody as opposed to, you know, trading it before the draft, getting draft capital, and then going into the draft to replace that player. Um, and, and that's where the Vikings seem to be going wrong with these situations. Quasi Adolfo Mensa, I'm, I've, I've said it on this show. I'm convinced he is not very brilliant in the trade department. And, um, I feel like teams see a young general manager who i quite frankly, I think everybody can take advantage of the, the, that's how general managers look at him as he is a young general manager that we can take advantage of. And and a, a lot of Vikings fans will go, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. He's doing a great job. Nobody's saying Quasey's not doing a great job as a general manager. But his trade history is not good. It's not. Mm-hmm. You look at what Quasey Adolfo Mensa has gotten in the in these trades. We got robbed on that Lions trade last year. We got yep. robbed on the Green Bay trade last year in the middle of the draft where he panicked twice and, and gave up massive draft picks. Quasey has... has um, Honestly, in a lot of ways, uh, I think he's made himself kind of a, a joke as far as his trading abilities when it comes to these players. And and now he he gives up Dalvin Cook, gets nothing for him, lets the man right. walk to free agency, walk out with something. That's that's a, a four time All Pro. Yeah, I would I would at least get a second rounder for him. Yeah, something. I mean, not even a second runner because running backs aren't a premium position anymore. So I can understand if he doesn't get a second. But if you're walking out with a third or a fourth or something, just something, get something. something. You know, it's don't like that's like that stick figure that you see. One, do something. Get get something for him. It just doesn't make sense. And and mm-hmm. but the the good news is the Vikings did save nine point five. And one thing about this situation for Quasi is is that he inherited a lot of really bad contracts. The the mm-hmm. Vikings a lot of really bad contracts that he's trying to get off the books, and he's going to have to do that throughout the course of the next couple of years. And if you look at uh, uh, 2025, however, with how the cap flows, uh, the salary cap increases, and how how uh, the Vikings currently have everything structured. The Vikings could be staring at having about $150 million in cap space moving into 2025, which is scary considering how talented this team is. Now, granted, they're going to have to sign some guys. They're going to have to sign 
Christian Derrissaw to a deal. They're going to have to sign Justin Jefferson to a deal. They're going to have to sign TJ Hawkinson to a deal. Those are three big deals that they're going to have to get done, regardless of the, the, the circumstances. I mean, you have to get those deals done. Um, and, and they can do certain things uh, with, with uh, the cap in order to make room. Uh, you, you know that Justin Jefferson is going to be, you know, wanting $32 million. You oh, know yeah, for sure. He's a very he's one of the most dynamic wide receivers in the league. Absolutely. Him and Hawkinson could very well reset the market at their respective positions this upcoming year. You could see TJ Hawkinson getting a massive deal. Um and and it, I think this that's what this is about. I think this is Quasi going, okay, not only are we going to get this guy signed to a massive deal, but um I gotta make room to do it. And I'm gonna make room. So I mean I don't blame him. For getting rid of Dalvin, I do think uh, um, Kirk Cousins, his balls are real close to the bandsaw there, uh, so to speak. Yep. So, you know, yeah, I was going to ask you about that too. I mean, he's, I think he's like on his, I think he's on the last year of his deal. Yep, last year of his contract. So Kirk Cousins is is there. I also think uh, right now, and this is another one, Vikings are currently fielding trade offers from multiple teams for Daniel Hunter. Daniel yeah. Hunter is another one right now and his current contract. Daniil Hunter made a mistake a few years ago where he went and signed a deal, and it was a very, very team-friendly deal. He was massively underpaid. So, mm. you know, with the Vikings currently fielding trade offers from for Daniil Hunter, um, the, the thing about Daniil is he's only set to make $5.5 million this upcoming year. The Vikings got had him signed to that very nice deal. And then what they did is they kicked his salary forward in the last two years uh, because he wanted more money. So what they said is, well, okay, we'll kick your, your signing bonus forward into the next couple of years. We'll pay you $20 million. And they did, and that's fine. And there made, it might have been 18 But they, they gave him his money, which I, I'm perfectly cool with. But now this year, for Daniil anyway, the, the, um, the bill is due now because, you know, okay, we kicked your money forward. You signed a deal many, many years ago to be a Minnesota Viking long-term, right? And he was underpaid for what he was accomplishing at the time, right? And mm-hmm. now he's he's pissed off that he signed this really bad deal and accepted a really bad deal. The Vikings just happened to get him. That was the one time that Rick Spielman was able to actually sign a good, I'm not going to say a good player, a great player to a team-friendly deal without breaking the bank. And mm. uh, Daniil Hunter has been pissed about it ever since, that he signed the deal, and he he almost acts like it's the team's fault, but it's his fault for signing that deal. He made a, he made a bad choice. That's all it was. Now this year, Daniil Hunter is only owed $5.5 million, and he might very well be a holdout. So, we, you know, the Vikings are trading uh, or, or fielding trade options for Daniil Hunter. Okay. But if they do get rid of Daniel Hunter, the question for me becomes, who's going to be your defensive end at that point? Who's going to be your guy? And they're going to have to go out, whether and you know whether it's it's uh, Yannick Ngakwe, it it just yeah. depends. you know they got yeah because yeah, he's he's ready to find a new home with a viable Super Bowl ball contender. I was just about to say, yep. you know, if Daniel if Daniel Hunter gets traded, you know, why don't we you know, and if you don't if you get decent picks for him, you know. Take a look at Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah, Yannick Ngakwe. And, and if you recall, 
back in the Spielman era, Ngakwe did play for the Vikings. You know, he 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 just you know he and, and Ngakwe is a free agent right now. He was fantastic uh, uh, for the the Ravens. He had a very short stint with the Vikings. I think it was six games, and then we traded him you know away to the Ravens. The Ravens let him go. Now he's looking for a contender. I don't know how close the Vikings are to being a contender right now. I know offensively they are. But from a defensive mm-hmm. standpoint, I think a lot of people are pushing their chips to the center of the table and going all in on Brian Flores and, and being their head coach and or being the defensive coordinator, rather. And quite frankly, I, I think people are putting a little too much stock in that, especially considering we don't have any corners in Minnesota. So right. huge deal. Um, and the Vikings, they're, they're currently working on a deal for with Justin Jefferson as well. That's another thing that is, that's going on. They're trying to get the signing. I guess the only holdup there, and, and the Vikings are kind of interesting in this, in this circumstance as far as getting a deal with Justin Jefferson. Uh, it's an interesting situation because the Vikings offer out these deals that say, if, we'll, we'll give you your contract, we'll give you your money, but if you're, you get hurt and you don't play, you don't get paid. So the Vikings do that, and a lot of players don't like that. They like that guaranteed money. So, you know, the, the Vikings kind of got to watch their step, especially with Justin Jefferson. And if they're, they are offering that, which that is what the reports are indicating, then, uh, you know, it's, it's, kind of a, um, it's kind of a silly situation. It, honestly, you know, like just sign the man. Pay the man. He's the best receiver in football. That's what he is. He's the best wide receiver in football. And at the end of the day, receivers are one of the least injured position groups in all of football. Did you know that? Did so, not know that. Yeah, one of the least injured position groups in all of football. So why not? Why you know why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you uh, uh, give him a, a deal, especially a guy like Justin Jefferson, who's been relatively healthy throughout his entire career, who's been relatively consistent throughout his entire career. Just makes sense. Alex, what do you make of this Viking stuff? What do you make of this craziness? Um, I, I think they, and, and frankly, if they do move on from the deal Hunter, you got to go out and find a, a new big, strong yep. defensive end. And Gockley's yep. out there. There's a few others. They got to find a guy. Marcus Davenport's not going to cut it. You know, Jeff. Right. Yeah. So, so a couple notes. I mean, when I first read, when I, when that press release hit the wire first, that Dalvin Cook was skipping town. The first thought that popped into my head was, oh, shit, there goes their running game. But then I saw, okay, well, they're only, well, they're saving a bunch of money in cap space. So I'm like, okay, so this is bad news, good news. Um, I mean, it's, it still sucks. Like you, like we've talked about this offline. It sucks for the Vikings because, you know, it kind of goes back to like, okay, you're putting these players on these contracts and you're getting, and you're putting your, you're painting yourself into a corner. Right. I mean, in the first, you know, in the first place, you know, why are you paying somebody so much money when he's injury prone in the first place? Exactly. And, you know, yes, he is great. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, you got you also have to think about, you know, you got to think about the future, you know, and, and coupled with the fact that your GM, as you have stated, is not really good in the trade department. And other people are going to be like, OK, let's go. Let's go fleece him, you know, you know, uh you know, Detroit's fleeced them, Green Bay's fleeced them. Uh, you know, the, the, you guys kind of did a good job with the TJ Hawkinson trade. But, but um, too, Cleveland got a hold of, you know, we, we traded them Zadarius Smith. And yep. Cleveland only gave up uh, two fifth rounders. We gave up Zadarius Smith and a sixth. So, yeah. we, you know, you we basically, got- yeah, you, play, you, play, you traded a quality 
your defensive tackle. Uh, you know, you need a, you need a, what? Defensive end. I'm well. He's, okay, defensive. he's technically an outside linebacker that we were using as defensive end because he's an edge rusher, but it's a three four, and he's uh-huh. not linebacker, so you're kind of kicking him up to defensive end. It's kind of weird. I see. Well, you know, the, the the point is point is you know he's a, he's a top tier player and you're trading him off for a flat tire and a pair of underwear right you know so you know uh, you know I I really think that you need to, you want to get the most bang for your buck for Daniel especially if he's the guy that you know tripped over his own shoelaces and signed a crappy deal but you know get get like you know I keep I'm just throwing numbers out here like two like it's like a second rounder and maybe a third rounder right you know. It, it's it's something that you can that you can really you know put to work for you in next year's draft, you know. And obviously, you have to pay Justin Jefferson. I mean, the the man deserves the money, you know. He's he's kind of like it's like he it's like him OBJ, and you know DeAndre Hopkins, you know, which is another head scratcher. You know, the Cardinals released DeAndre Hopkins. And, you know, because he's currently visiting with multiple teams, including the Patriots and the Titans, you know, you know so, so who knows where DeAndre Hopkins is going to end up. Yeah, the, uh, Hopkins, the Hopkins thing, and, and we'll, you know, that's that's going to be an interesting situation. And that is another one. I don't think it's going to reset the market given his age and given mm-hmm. his, his situation. Um, you know, he's still going to get he, his guaranteed money with the Cardinals regardless. But, you know, I – when it comes to to the Vikings um, and Jefferson, you you've got to get him a deal. You you've got to get him set up. The Vikings have an, an explosive offense right now. Like from a mm-hmm. ro- strictly from a roster standpoint, if you look at the Vikings' offense, you would I would put their offense against anybody. If, if right. you really look at their offense, you, you know the the Vikings they could use some interior offensive linemen for sure. They yep. they still need guards. Um, they they have awesome offensive tackles. Garrett Bradbury fits very well in the Kevin O'Connell system. They did get him signed to a one-year deal and extension, so that's good. Um, it, it's nice to have Garrett Bradbury on board. But we do need guards. And at the same time, I, the Kevin O'Connell system is so pass-heavy. It, it really is a pass-heavy scheme. And if you look at the guys that we have, you know, like think about that receiving court and think about uh, uh, what we have. Justin Jefferson. KJ Osborne, and then and who actually had a really great year last year. You just got Jordan Addison in the first round from USC, and you have TJ Hawkinson. Like it, that's about as dangerous as it gets, you know, as far as as a receiving core goes. The Vikings have a great, great offense. Their, their offense is is incredible. It's the defense that that is always going to raise questions, and if you can't. If you're just trading, it's amazing to me that they they traded away all these pieces, but then they didn't fill the spot. I feel like I'm almost in the twilight zone from 2020, where mm-hmm. you're like, when the 2020 season was going, when it was getting ready to start, I, I remember sitting there going, we don't have corners. We need a veteran corner. Why don't we have a veteran corner? And I kept saying it, and everybody told me I was crazy. And everybody kept telling me, Holton Hill... And and uh, Jeff Gladney and Cam Dantzler were going to be stars. Uh, and, and Holton Hill was, a, if you remember, he was a journeyman backup, not even a journeyman. He was a backup, a practice squad backup that came onto the field. He had like three good games as a corner. And everybody thought, oh, this guy's a starter. 
and they, everybody went and you know off their rocker, you know. And it's like, what are we doing, guys? Like the Vikings need corners. They need corners, and and they need like if you're not going to have corners, you need defensive ends. But oh nope, you're you're selling your pass rushers now. Zadarius Smith's out the door, you know. Uh, uh, you're fielding trades for Neil Hunter, like. What the who, who did you who did you guys pick up in the first round of the draft? Uh, Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison. So he's we got a nice receiver out there. But if you look at the players that we've got, and if you look at the players that we picked up, they, well, yeah, where are the corners? Yeah, where where are all the corners? You got Byron Murphy from Arizona, and then you, do you really expect Makai Blackman from USC to be one of your outside corners? I mean, I understand he had a great PFF grade with UFC, USC, and that's great. With the Trojans, he was fantastic. The problem is, is look at the amount of times, and this is something that Boots brought up. Look at the amount of times that they threw at Makai Blackman. Look at the amount of times they threw at that fucking guy. Obviously, there is some problem with this coverage if they continue to throw at him that much. Because right. if you Sauce Gardner... Sauce Gardner gets thrown at maybe three, four times a game. Makai Blackman was was like getting thrown at eight, nine times a game. It was a lot. And and his coverage grade, okay, fine. He had a good coverage grade. But, you know, there were occasions where I was watching tape going, this guy's getting beat bad. And he would mm-hmm. come around, he'd, he'd get his head around it, he'd make a, a, a play on the ball that was sort of a lucky play that, in in my assessment, I looked over going, that wouldn't fly in the NFL. You, know, right. you wouldn't be able to get away with that shit. So I, I don't know. I have I have a lot of questions about what we're going to what we're seeing. I've got a, a lot of questions about what the Vikings are going to do, uh, but they got to definitely got to get as far as I'm concerned. And, and this is another thing that kind of gets me. TJ Hawkinson right now is on the last year of his rookie deal. They picked up his fifth year option. That's cool. If you can get TJ Hawkinson and I keep expressing this and people keep, you know, ignoring it. And I think these teams need to be more proactive than reactive when they're signing these players. I've said this on this show before. When you have a guy in a rookie deal, right, and he's got two years left on his rookie deal or one year left on his rookie deal, you should be signing him to the extension, but you should be kicking some of that signing bonus into the rookie deal. So it's that guaranteed money. That way it doesn't count toward their salary because their salary as a rookie could only be so much. But at the same time, they're still getting their money. They're getting it early on. And you can spread that that signing bonus over a longer period of time throughout your salary cap. And instead, you know, teams are just going, oh, we'll just wait till it's rookie deals up and then we'll sign them. Well, use your head. Use your head. Be proactive. Justin Jefferson has two years left on his deal. If you have two years left on his deal, that gives you two extra years to get more signing bonus from his extension into his rookie deal. So that way you don't you can just spread it over a longer term. It makes sense. Same goes for TJ Hawkinson. You can do that same damn thing. And otherwise, you're going to wind up paying a fuck ton of money for TJ Hawkinson. And, and Quasi Adopalmensa has to be smarter than this when it comes to these contracts and just not let it go by the wayside. Utilize those those back end years of these rookie deals to get these guys signed. It makes sense. So the Vikings. They've got questions in their uh, front office. We're going to see what goes on for for this offseason, next offseason, what they're going to do with Daniil Hunter. I don't know what the hell they're going to do, but they're going to figure it out. 
Hopefully they figure it out soon because, man, I'm starting to get a little antsy here, and we're uh, nine weeks away from football. So I'm getting, yeah. getting nervous. Uh, the other thing you brought up, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Hopkins visiting multiple teams. Patriots and the Titans are the current front runners. He vi- he's visited with the pa- uh, the Titans were first, then he visited with the Patriots. Um, you know, there are uh, uh, quite a few uh, receiver needy teams. Uh, I don't know that Hopkins, uh, I think he's looking for a contender, but I don't think either of those teams are contenders. Um, Hopkins is going to get, he's going to get paid. He did receive, and and from an unknown team, he did receive a really crappy offer of one year, $2 million, which (laughs) affable is very. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. I I thought I heard also that the Kansas city chiefs were looking at, uh, picking up DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, which, uh, I'm sure it, you'll be visiting with them at some point. I mean, who wouldn't? If, if the Chiefs are interested in you, you visit with the Chiefs. Right, exactly. Because, I mean, yeah. they're, they they already have two rings to their name since, you know, the, the, the glory days. But uh, these are the glory days now. And besides, we, we talked about offline. If Chiefs gift DeAndre Hopkins, that's just not fair. Yeah, it's 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 getting to the point where where if the Chiefs wind up getting DeAndre Hopkins, if, and it depends on what DeAndre's looking for. If DeAndre mm-hmm. for money, you know the Chiefs might not be the spot. They just got done uh, letting Orlando Brown walk. Uh, you know they the the Chiefs are are really and and they're they're kind of lucky. They they sort of have this like embarrassment of riches in a way. Uh, they have Kadarius Tony over there. He could benefit from learning from a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. I think Kadarius Tony and DeAndre Hopkins together would make a very very good team along with Travis Kelsey. Imagine that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, and you're not going to be paying premium money for DeAndre Hopkins because of the fact that he's still getting paid his guaranteed money from Arizona. So the way I look at it, pick the man up. Why not? Yeah. I mean, it, it's right there. Right. It's, it's, like, it's, like a, it's like a dangling carrot. He makes a lot of sense. And, and you're going to get a premium receiver and you're not going to have premium. I, I, you know, it's probably your for DeAndre right now, at this stage of his career, I, I think he's 30 years old, you're probably going to pay him 10. If you pay him 10 million and then he gets his guaranteed money for, from Arizona, he's basically up to the salary that he was with Arizona, so he doesn't really care. And that's usually how it goes. If a guy leaves a place and he's got guaranteed money, it, you know, getting tossed in his lap, he's like, "Oh, well, I can take a discount from this other team because I still have my guaranteed money coming in from my previous contract." So they make sense because obviously, you know, if, if they take 20 million from a team at that point and they're making 20 million on their previous deal, that means they're making they're well, they're are they really valued at 40 million dollars? Come on now, let's let's make sense. So that's kind of what it what it looks like uh, there. But DeAndre Hopkins is is going to be around, the, uh, you know, making his way around the league. A lot of teams going to be looking at him. Um, you know, if the Vikings needed him, I would say, hell yeah. You know, any team should be saying hell yeah to DeAndre Hopkins, right. uh, any receiver needy team. And there's, trust me, there's plenty out there, whether it's, you know, the Rams who really just have Cooper cup and then everybody else, Yes. you know, whether Definitely. it's uh, the Houston Texans should be talking to him. Houston Texans could use them. Uh, the Carolina Panthers could use them. So, I mean, there's guys out there that could your teams out there that could use a guy of that caliber. Um, it would, it would be a, a huge coup, you know, for, mm-hmm. for 
them to get him. Maybe the maybe the Chicago Bears. I mean, but he might he might be wasted because old Boston Fields is running around back there. But yeah, yeah I agree. And you, you know what? I, I got a rant on that. I'm glad you you brought up old Boston Fields. There has been a ton of hype around around old Boston Fields. I got to I got to level with you folks. I don't know. And and look, I I understand, you know, uh I've I've talked nasty about this guy a few times. And I'm going to say it right now. I don't know what Justin Fields has done to deserve the level of hype that he has received over the last several weeks and, and the last couple of years. It, it's mind-boggling to me. You know, like look at his last year's shit. He had two games under 100 passing yards. He had one of them was against the Lions, who arguably had one of the worst secondaries in football last year. Last year, did you know they gave up the third most passing yards in the league, and the yeah. second highest yards per attempt? Like, like, yeah. come on, man! And then Fields, he was the sixth highest in bad throw percentage last season. Yeah, that's that's not good. Yeah, the only people above him: Zach Wilson, Davis Mills, Marcus Mariota, Derek Carr. And Carson Wentz with Baker Mayfield just behind him at seven. Yeah. Like, what, <laughs> yeah, what's so... the doing here? And and accuracy wise, he's basically been grouped in with that those same guys. He was ranked 29th in the league in that department. Yeah, I mean, he can't out of 32 teams, mind you. Yeah, he can't handle pressure. He can't. And and Alex, we've talked about this before. He can't fucking read a defense, and yep. he can't audible at the line. And and the Bears seem to think that adding DJ Moore and Chase Claypool is the 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 cure for all this. Like like yeah, no, well, it, yeah, it's good to get weapons, but you know if the gun can't fire them that well, right? I mean, it's it, they think that this is just going to solve this problem, and it's it's not. It's not going to solve this problem. So I'm I'm glad you brought him up because I think he's a bum, and I was looking deeper into his his uh, statistics. All you Bears fans, you're going to be eating a ton of crow. As far as that goes, because uh, yeah, that that's an absolute mess. Speaking of uh, eating crow, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so as far as uh, the Denver Broncos go, uh, they've got some stuff going on here. But their uh, their offensive tackle Garrett Bowles says that people are going to be eating crow as far as uh, the critics go, when it, as it pertains to Russ Wilson. Uh, the Russ Wilson critics will be eating crow this year, he says. Um, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, I'm, I'm in that department. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, let's be honest here, okay? I, I would love to be proven wrong. I would love to see that the second year of this atrocious deal, this atrocious five-year deal, um, has Russell Wilson being a better chef, but last year we had so much fun, you know, talking about the the jelly the the SpaghettiOs Jello molds and the spam, uh, you know, the, the spam hamburgers he's been cooking up. I mean, it, the, the Denver, the, his he was absolutely atrocious last year. He's terrible. It, it was terrible, and it's like it, we saw we saw the vestiges of it when he was supposed to beat his former team you know, in the season opener on Monday night football and he, and he didn't get the job done. The Seattle beat him. So I'm like, we should have known something was wrong at that point. And and we, we took great pleasure in watching the Denver season just unravel before our entire, our very eyes. So, yeah, I mean, but at the same time, it's like, okay, we don't know what's going to happen. 
You know, so if we're going to eat crow, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I, I kind of laughed a little bit when it came to, um, uh, you know, Russ Wilson and, and Garibald saying that. I, I Look, Russ Wilson, to me, is one of the most overplay, uh, overpaid players in the entire NFL. He is. Including and Geno Smith's right there next to him. Yeah, I agree. I think both those teams made, uh, you know, Seahawks, they did such a good job offloading that disastrous contract that, that they signed Russ Wilson to. And then after they got done signing him to that massive, atrocious deal, he goes over to Denver and gets a stupid extension. And then the Seattle Seahawks do something equally as stupid, and they sign Geno Smith to that massive deal. Russ Wilson, I, I don't think he's going to be better. I understand Sean Payton's over there. I get it, and I get the Sean Payton system is very, very much different. And Sean Payton, is, is he showed that he was an excellent head coach in the Saints. We're going to find out how much of it is Sean Payton and his butthole mouth. And mm. yeah, I hate Sean Payton. And um, how much of it was Drew Brees? I, that's what I want to know. How much was Sean Payton and how much of it was Drew Brees? And frankly, I think more of it was Drew Brees than Sean Payton. But maybe maybe that's just me. But we're going to find out. Uh, speaking of the Broncos, they make some interesting moves here. Um, first post kicker Brandon McManus after nine seasons uh McManus uh he's uh um one of the best kickers in the league I'm surprised by this I thought McManus was pretty consistent um uh you know McManus is one of those guys that that you know you everybody picks up in fantasy and uh you know he always turns out pretty damn good i i don't understand this move i don't know if it was a money thing but i'm a little surprised by this i feel like he's gonna land somewhere he's got a hell of a leg so i'm kind of surprised that brandon mcmanus um uh you know is, is getting released by the broncos here alex what say you about this one that's very surprising you know uh i'm, I'm sure he'd be a valuable asset for any team you know uh it, you know, the, you know, the kicker is like one of the most um, underrated uh, positions in football. I mean, it's you don't really think about it until they get that game winning field goal and then all eyes are on him. Right. So, uh, you know, and, and Brandon McManus has performed under pressure before. Yes. Uh, you know, I think he's going to I think he'll be, a, you know, if he decides to go to another team, you know, there there are plenty of kick needy teams, kicker needy teams out there, you know, that can benefit from him. Yeah, and and it's one of those spots where they don't have a clear starter at that position now uh, in Denver. There, um, it's just a really, really, really surprising thing. Uh, McManus has been pretty consistent as well, playing. I mean, he to, the, here he played all all of his games. I mean, 2014, 2015, he played 16, 2016, 16, 2017, 16, 2018, 16, 2019, 16, 2020, 15. 2021, 17, 2022, 17. So he plays his games. And, um, you know, he, he, he's been accurate. Like the more I, I look at his numbers, the more I'm like, he's, this is an accurate kicker. I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. Scoring wise, he, last year he was, uh, let's see, 28 for 36 which is actually a down year for him the year before that 26 for 31 uh 28 for 34 29 for 34 20 for 25 
you know, he's he has not been a bad kicker for them. I'm surprised that they let him go. Um, that's an interesting one to me. Really, it is. And he's a power kicker. Most guys in this league are power kickers. That's one thing I can say. You know, like those numbers, a lot of people are like, well, he, he missed eight kicks last year. Well, hang on a minute. You know, like he missed eight kicks last year. But the league is different. It's not like when you and I were growing up, Alex. And, and I talked with Tyler about this, too. You know, when, when back when, when he was here. He, back in when we were growing up. And back when we were watching football in the 90s, kickers were of a different breed at that point. They were mm-hmm. far more accuracy-based as opposed to being power-based. You know what I'm right. saying? And, yeah. and that's what it's become. You know, originally, it was it was all about uh, guys like Matt Stover and Adam Vinatieri and those kind of Jason Hansen, Gary Anderson. These guys, Morton Anderson, these guys were all accuracy-based kickers. And it wasn't until like guys like Sebastian Janikowski and Jason Elam came in, came into the world that that they became more power kickers. People got more impressed by, oh, well, that guy hit 63 yards. And that's fine. It's good to have a good leg. But, you know, in this NFL, accuracy means less, power means more. And it's kind of an interesting concept. I would rather have a more accurate kicker that can make it from, you know, 55 than a guy with a huge leg that's sinking him from 65. You know what I'm saying? Right. That, but then that's missing a, a good chunk of his field goals. Um, but maybe that's just me. But in this NFL, in this this league at this point, uh, McManus is a power kicker. He fits the mold of what people are looking for as a power kicker. So it, it's kind of an interesting move. I'm surprised by it by the Broncos. Uh, he's been good for them for nine seasons. It's just kind of, it's interesting to say the least. Uh, you know, move, and and the Broncos are also making another move here. Let's talk about this one. This was their big move, and I really like the signing. They go out and sign defensive end Frank Clark, one year, just seven point five million for Frank Clark. Yeah. Huge, huge signing here. The Broncos yep. get a great defensive end. Uh, I mean, from a division rival and yep. a Super Bowl champion. Yep. I mean this this guy, he performed really well throughout his career. Uh, and, and I like Frank Clark a lot. I think he's an, a, a rock-solid DN. Uh, this is a brilliant signing. They get him for a, uh, on a rental, and they get him for cheap. I mean, $7.5 million for Frank Clark is nothing. That, yeah, that's, that's highway robbery almost. Yeah, brilliant signing. Brilliant, brilliant signing. Uh, I, I think um, the, the, the Broncos get away with one here. Really fits the mold of everything Sean Payton likes to do. Likes to blitz the quarterback hard off the edges. That's always been a Sean Payton thing. And, um, you know, it's one of the reasons why his defense sort of faltered a little bit because they picked up Marcus Davenport uh, in the NFL draft a few years ago, and he really didn't pan out. He didn't. Mm -hmm. They gave up the far for him, right? Pretty much, yeah. Um, I think they did. Yeah, they gave up the farm in, in that NFL draft for, for Marcus Davenport. He didn't pan out. Now he's a Viking. They released him, and, and here we are. So, I mean, it's it's one of those situations where I, I think Frank Clark is that veteran defensive end that they want, and, and he's been excellent. He's a, a what, two-time Super Bowl champion now, I think. I, I just I think so, yeah. Yeah, I, I like Frank Clark. This was a great signing by the Broncos. They get away with highway robbery, uh, and they, they sort of jab a division rival. I mean, why not? Why not? Um, and then Frank Clark's former team, 
speaking of their defensive ends, the Niners. Uh, they're out there, defensive end Nick Bosa. He says he's confident that the Niners and him will get a contract uh, in place and get a new deal done for him by training camp. Uh, you know, that's almost imperative for the Niners. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the heart and soul of that defense. Yeah. We know he is. You got to get Nick Bosa signed. You know, and and I, I personally, I think at this point, I think he's better than Joey. I think he's shown he's better than Joey Bosa. I like Joey, his brother Joey, a lot. I think he's a good player, but I think Nick is the better of the two. And uh, I think it's it's shown. He's proven it. So, you know, if we can, if the Niners can go out and get Nick Bosa signed to a, a, a good contract, he's going to get paid big money. I think that's one of those, another one of those that's going to reset the market. Yeah. As as, you know, that, that player position, they're going to have to choke up huge money. I think the Niners have the cap space to do it too because they are not paying uh, a quarterback huge money. They got a guy like like uh, Rock Purdy who they're – I mean, they're not paying him dick. You know, like right. – Mr. <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant getting paid peanuts. So, yeah. you know, but with Nick Bosa, you know, you really got to – you really got to pony up – Nick, Nick Bosa – Debo Samuel and uh, George Kittle. Yep. You want you want to give me three players that really need you know I, I don't know like where where they all are in their deals, but I think those are like the top three players. Name three players from San Francisco 49ers. Those are the three I'm going to give you. Yeah, I, I think there's some of the defensive guys you know that they they really need to to uh, focus in on. But I, I really do think that the Niners they're they're in really great shape from a cap perspective, especially because they aren't paying that premium money to the quarterback position. That's the big thing. And that's a, that's a thing that like in these situations that, that cripples a lot of these teams. Uh, and, and that's what we're kind of seeing here. You know, you, you win Super Bowls when you have a, a quarterback on a rookie deal and, and it's on that cheaper deal. Your window is open right now. That's the Niners window is wide the hell open. And they, they nailed it so far. Anyhow, it, it looks like they nailed the Brock Purdy deal. They nailed it. So right. we're going to, we're going to go, but Nick, Nick goes, it should be priority. Number one, getting him on yep. a long-term. You got to do it. You got to do it. Um, another team right now that that's trying to get guys on long-term deals, the commanders right here, you know, the commanders are kind of interesting to me. Okay. First of all, let's, let's talk about though. They declined the fifth year option on defensive end chase young. Uh, we talked about that um, a little yeah. bit earlier. And, and I think we talked about that possibly last show. Um, and, but apparently they're, they're talking about if, if Chase Young does well this year, they're going to try and get him signed to an extension. I don't understand why you wouldn't pick up the fifth-year option on Chase Young. I understand that he's had, had three years' worth of injuries. I get it, you know, that he's had knee injuries and leg injuries. But I think Chase Young's a special player. And I think he does figure out the durability situation, which I think he will. Uh we're going to have a, a good player on on in that defensive end position that's going to be a stud, and they're not. Uh, there's teams that, and if the Commanders are smart, if if they're really dead set and focused on not trying to have Chase Young back, mm-hmm. trade him, trade him, and any team out there would be should be really yeah, run, to jump in on that. Yeah, just just run just run run into the fence with cash in hand right, to because, get that guy. He's not – the commanders are, are, are almost seem like they're so focused on trying to offload him that I feel like they could just give him up for, you know uh, – For peanuts, which is, a, which is a horrible idea. 
Yeah, I, I think if teams were smart, they should just go after him. Really, I mean, it, it would make a whole lot of sense for and for a team like Minnesota, who's trying to deal Daniel Hunter. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there are teams out there that need a good defensive end that are are lacking an edge rusher. I think Chase Young is a great fit for a lot of those teams. Uh, he's he's a special player. So for them to be uh, trying to offload him is kind of interesting. We're going to see how that develops. He says he feels great, though. He says he feels better after his uh, knee injury from last year. So we're going to see. Um, also, the commanders right now making interesting uh, moves. First of all, let's talk about the uh, the the sale here. So we the big elephant in the room. Yeah, we we talked about how the the commanders could be selling. Um, they did receive a preliminary offer from a a, a group of uh, investors. And the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell, says he expects the sale of the commanders to be approved by the the ownership group. So we could be seeing new owners for the commanders, which which is a good thing. That could be a good thing. Uh, They did the I I don't know if anybody uh, saw the ratings for the uh, uh, best teams to work for. They Mm -hmm. had the, the best teams in the NFL to work for. The Vikings were number one in that category, the best, best team to work for. I mean, it was based on their facilities, um, you know, how well they take care of their players, how well they take care of their coaches, you know, just how much they give a shit, really. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And the commanders were near the bottom of that list. And uh, there's that's no surprise to me, one bit. Mm-hmm. I'm really, after everything we've seen and heard from Dan Snyder and, see, and heard about Dan Snyder, um, and then hearing things like there's rats in the practice facility and things like that. I mean, yes, just disastrous things going on. Um, the commanders are, are, were one of the worst teams to work for, uh, in this, uh, in the league and, and yeah, just kind of, uh, it doesn't exactly surprise me at all. So, I mean, it, to, to see them go to a different ownership group, especially one that, that has a guy like Mag- magic Johnson in there, who's been yeah. a professional athlete who understands like what it means to be a pro athlete and that you don't want to lose, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, your players to having bad facilities, things like that. You want to be one of the better groups. So I do think that magic Johnson sort of understands that. And as a part of that ownership group, it's going to make the commanders better and it's going to make their facilities better. And they're going to invest the money to be one of the places to be. So, yep. You know, this is a really good thing for them. Um, Back to their personnel, though, the commanders have other things going on here. Uh, First of all, the commanders picked up Cam Dantzler. We talked about that on the last show, and I thought that was interesting. They released him after signing him on March 14th. They get rid of him. And then Dantzler promptly goes out and signs with the Bills. Um, And and so we'll talk about that in a second. The commanders head coach, Ron Rivera, however, right now, is also not committed to his starting quarterback. Sam Howell uh, is, is um, hmm. you know, he's not committed to Sam Howell right now, and he's currently happy having a quarterback competition for the QB1 spot. Now, look, I think Sam Howell is a good quarterback, and I think he's going to wind up being QB1 to start the season. I'm surprised that the commanders didn't walk into the first round and go, we're going after a quarterback. I'm a little right. surprised by that. Uh, but... At the end of the day, the commanders, you know, it's interesting that Ron Rivera is going with a QB battle here. It, it really is. I'm surprised there's a QB competition, aren't you? Yeah, a little bit surprised. I mean, uh, who else do you have to pick from? I mean, you have Carson Wentz, you know, who's injury prone. Well, Wentz uh, is the door. They got rid of him. 
Nope. Okay, so he's out the door. So then you're left with Taylor Heineke, which and you I, know uh, out the door too. He went to Carolina. So well, well, there you go. I mean, who do you, who else do you have then? <laughs> I, I mean, I I would actually I, let me look at their depth chart. I I actually would have to take a look at their depth chart. That's how uh, you know their old mother Hubbard with nothing in the cupboard. You exactly. know, like <laughs> it's it's insane. I, I mean, let's see, Sam Howell. And then at behind him, you have Jacoby Brissett, and then you have Jake Fromm, who who floundered, and then you have Tim Demerat. So, who? Look, uh, exactly. I, I think uh, Jacoby Brissett is not the answer, and I think he proved that he is not a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. We we saw that. We saw that in Cleveland last year. Um, we we just saw got to see. New, saw okay. it in New England as well. Yep, and and I look I. I think Jacoby Brissett's a really solid backup, but mm-hmm. is he going to be your starter? You really going to take Jacoby Brissett into the season and make him your no? Yeah. Well, you're asking for failure, right? And I don't know that Sam Howell's the answer. I like Sam Howell, but you know, you you haven't gotten him enough reps to be worth anything. You know, you haven't given him enough reps for people to go, oh yeah, Sam Howell, that's my guy. Right. I don't know. I don't buy Sam Howell in this current situation. I think he's being cast into the the flames here, and right. and you know, which it's is unfortunate. Be- you know, but you know, that's what we're dealing with here. Yep. And and if you look at the rest of of uh, you know Washington's team, the, I mean, they have three good receivers. They got Curtis Samuel. They have Jahan Dotson. They have Terry McLaurin. They and have, and they, they, have, they have Brian like, Robinson Jr. at running back. Right, they have Logan Thomas at the tight end position. If he can stay healthy, he's great. But the rest of their their tight end position, eh? Their offensive line, eh? I mean, they 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 do need work at the offensive line position. Looking at the defensive position stuff, they I mean, they had a strong defense here last year. That was one of their stronger things that they had. Believe it or not, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, uh, Jonathan Allen, Chase Young. I mean, that's a scary group if you really look at it. You know, Kendall Fuller at corner. I like that one a lot. They have Emmanuel Forbes, who they just picked up. You know, they they have uh, decent players. I just, I don't know. I feel like Sam Howell is not ready, and they're focused on just using him. And it, it's good that he's going to get a full offseason of first-team reps. Good for him. But I, I think they're kind of wasting uh, a situation where you should be having that guy develop. Behind somebody that knows what they're doing, you know, right. yeah, precisely. Yep. So I mean, there's there's that one. Uh, but Who's Nick Foles working for? Maybe you can get Nick Foles. But as far as the Commanders go with this Cam Dantzler situation, let's talk about that. I, I look, I've talked about Cam Dantzler on the show so many times. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what to do with myself anymore. <laughs> um, Cam Dantzler, yep. I believe that Cam Dantzler could be a decent slot corner. I really do. He's not a he's not an outside corner. He should be a slot corner. The problem with Cam Dantzler was bad coaching. Um, he he did and and people got way too excited about Cam Dantzler's little highlight reel shit that he was doing. You know, in training camp a few years ago when he first got drafted, everybody thought, "Oh, look at this guy! He made a one-handed interception. Look how great!" And everybody started losing their mind about him. And uh, but then we, then a couple of years passed, and then he got torched by pretty much everybody in the league. Yeah. And everybody kept calling him, well, he's a shutdown corner. No, he wasn't. 
No, he wasn't. And that was something that, like, oh, he was a shutdown corner. Everybody wanted to say he was a shutdown corner. Oh, look at Cam Nance. Shutdown. He's a shutdown guy. Well, he give, and he he gave up the one game, uh, the one of three games that the Detroit uh, in one of the three games that the Detroit Lions won yep. in, in Dan Campbell's first season. Who gave up that last pass? You guessed it, Cam Dantzler. Yeah, playing way too far off the ball. But the the issue I have with with this um, with the whole situation, let's say, and the Vikings fans, they finally got on my level and realized, no, maybe he's not that good, but. I look at Cam Dantzler and I see a guy who he's a decent bench guy and he's decent in the slot. He'll be, he'll be a decent nickel corner. He's not a guy you're going to put on this field consistently as your number one corner. And I also see Cam Dantzler as the kind of guy who, you know, I feel like, like people oversold him as it pertained to what he was going to be capable of or what he was capable of. He got beat by the elite receivers. He got slapped around by him. DK Metcalf beat the hell out of him. I mean, like, if you look at the, the elite receivers in the NFL, they beat him up. And then if you look at the the non-elite receivers in the league, he did great. Adam Trumpman. You know, like, like what are we doing here? Like, he took up these nobodies. He's covering these nobodies. And, yeah, okay, of course he's going to shut him the fuck down. You know? he's He's... Covering these nobody tight ends, of course he's going to shut them down. But but come on, like like he couldn't beat the elite receivers in this league. He couldn't cover them when he was playing the number one corner spot. He just couldn't handle it. It was the reality. When he was lined up across from DeAndre Hopkins, slapped around. When he got lined up against DK, slapped around. When he when he's lined up against uh, Cooper Cup, slapped around. I mean, like it was just like it's a no brainer. This guy is not a number one corner in this league. I said it a million times. All these people thought he was number one corner. I think they're high, you know? So, uh, you know, Cam Dantzler, he goes to the Bills. The Bills needed a corner. I get it. Maybe they'll they'll make something of him. Who knows? But they need all the help they can get. The good news for them, because the Bills did lose several pieces this offseason, but the good news for the Bills is they are making moves. The Bills went out and they picked up linebacker Leonard Fournette. One year, yes. $7 million. You know, look, I think this is a great signing for them. But I do think it's a departure from what they normally have from their linebacker position. Uh, Leonard Floyd's one of those guys who's more of a pass rusher. He's more mm-hmm. of a stuffer. As opposed to what they had with Tremaine Edmonds, who is more of a pass stopper, a pass, stopper, pass coverage guy, right? So... Mm-hmm. Interesting thing there. I think they're kind of like swapping in one thing for another, kind of hoping they can get that pass rush on, kind of get, you know, and I, I get it. It's, it kind of makes sense. He'll be reuniting with Von Miller, who also expects to be ready for week one after tearing his ACL last December. So Von Miller will be back on the field with him, which is great. These guys both played for that Super Bowl winning Rams team. So mm-hmm. it, it makes sense. They have a rapport. They do. I mean, it's, that's the yep. good thing here. Yes. Um, it, it, they, they have an understanding. They have a rapport, and they, they understand what it takes to win uh, on the defensive side of the football. I like this signing a lot, and I think it, it's really smart to get two guys together that formerly won a Super Bowl, right? I mean, that makes a lot of sense, right, Alex? I mean, hit me. Absolutely. Yep. If you, get, if you get two players that, you know, work together and, you know, especially for a Super Bowl team, 
you know, you, you, we talk about the one-two punch, whether it's uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle in Miami, uh, whether we talk about, uh, you know, uh, Von Miller and Leonard Floyd. I mean, Von Miller's probably one of the scariest defenders in the league. Right. You know, couple that with Leonard Floyd, who was, you know, who was very effective with the Bears, very effective with the Rams, now coming to the Bills, you know, for a one-year deal. It makes, as you said, it makes sense. Now, here's a, here's a, but when you want to talk about big deals, take a look at this one. The Bills signed defensive tackle Ed Oliver to a four-year, $68 million extension, 45 of it guaranteed. Yeah, it comes out to about 17 per year. Uh, this one was a huge one. I, you know, it was funny. Uh, we, I was staring at my phone. Um, you know, it was we're, we're, uh, talking about what the Vikings could do, and and you know, they they got to fix their defensive tackle situation. I'm like, man, I, I hear that Ed Oliver might be on the block, and I hear that the Vikings might might have an opportunity to go get him, and. You know, Dalvin Cook may be an option there, and whatever the case, Dalvin Cook for Ed, for Ed Oliver, I'll take that all day. And and then, not, I was I was with Ray Collins. I was I was talking to him, and and right as soon as I was talking to him about that, it was like, oh well, Ed Oliver signed four years, sixty eight million. I'm like, well, never mind. Zap <laughs> <laughs> no, a bitch. Yeah, like that shit. Well, that happened. So I, um, I was a little, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not surprised because Ed Oliver's a great player. I loved him coming out of college. I thought he was one of the better players to uh, get drafted in that, that class. He has turned out to be one of the better defensive tackles in this league. I knew he was going to be a game-changing defensive tackle. Uh, this is a good deal for him, and I think it's a fair deal as far as uh, what the, the Bills are paying him. He's one of the best defensive tackles around. He sort of resets the market there. This is one of the higher uh, defense, you know, it, but it didn't, it's not as big as the Deron Payne deal, if I'm not mistaken, but it does mm-hmm. uh, uh, set the market a little higher. Um, there's a good deal for the Bills. Ed Oliver continues, he gets to continue to play for a contender um, and and they get a, a really strong defensive tackle on the interior. He's a speed rusher. He's a good three tech. He's got a lot of good size to him. He, I mean, he harasses quarterbacks. He's great against the run. I like this signing. I think this is great. Um, yep. you know, Elsewhere uh, in the Bills organization, there's two more stories here. I want to I want to touch on this one first because the other one's got got some nice warm feels to it. But uh, yep. you want to talk about cold feels? Uh, <laughs> the Bills are breaking ground at a new 1.54 billion dollar stadium. Look, and look. <laughs> and here's the deal. We, we talked about this before. It's an open air stadium. Yeah, I, I don't what? Understand. I don't understand how you have an open top stadium at this point. At this point, at this juncture, you you have the opportunity to build a new stadium. Okay, we're going to put a roof on that thing. No, no. (laughs) Do you realize how much snowfall you get in the winter? I mean, what what are we doing here? Right. Yeah, Yeah. I I know we've we embellished on that for a little bit. I knew I had to bring it up. Right, right. I mean, like, but but uh, you open top stadium. Okay, you've already had to cancel games because right. of blizzards, mm-hmm. because of all the snow, and uh, now you're talking about, you know, doing it all over again. I just, I, I don't understand the logic. 
I mean, what are you going to do? Keep the field? Like, I, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me, Alex. I, I just, and right. 1.54, I'm sure it's going to be very nice. I'm sure it's mm-hmm. going to be a nice stadium. But you're going to miss game. Like, it just, it's like they're just leaving money on the table at a certain point. The ownership group is just like, like ah, fuck it. I'm going to leave the money on the field. And uh, I, I just, <laughs> I don't get it. I don't fucking get it, man. I, I It just, <laughs> doesn't make sense um so the bills uh they, they get their new stadium started i guess i mean and yep. and we'll be talking about new stadiums here in a second uh but the warm fuzzies you were talking about i'm excited about this one bill safety demar hamlin participating in off-season workouts and drills you know scary situation last season against the bengals uh he goes out gets hit directly in the chest um basically dies on the field i mean really yeah on the field and uh it was scary it was scary to see you know and i'm like at first we didn't know what was going on at first like and i'm like okay well you know they're just gonna get him up field to continue the game no big deal and then when you realize the magnitude of what actually happened you're like oh yeah cancel the fucking game yeah yeah at this point just and and it it did create a lot of uh waterfall you know with the whole uh, thing with the afc championship game and everything else but i mean everybody everybody's mind that night was on demar was on demar hamlin and uh you know and thank god he's back in and fighting fit <laughs> i'm looking at this picture that you sent to, to a group to the to our fantasy football league group offline just to give the the funny ha-has in uh, he, he was a full participant at practice he's like bro died and still came back before michael thomas yeah he did he <laughs> still came back before michael thomas did which is mind-blowing to me because Michael Thomas, uh, he was out in week two last year. He was injured. DeMar Hamlin died in week 15 on the field, came back to life. And I think it was week 15. It was late. Came back to life. And he's still back faster than Michael Thomas. It's just like, God it's like <laughs> that just, that just we'll, we'll chalk this up as to that's just how special of a player DeMar Hamlin is. How about yeah. that? Well, yeah, well, I mean, I mean. It's a little condemning of Michael Thomas. Come on. Yeah, right. <laughs> it really right. is. Come on. Yeah. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, DeMar Hamlin getting back out there makes me excited, makes me happy for him. Um, and and uh, you got to love that. So he'll be back out there for the Bills. Um, but uh, speaking of new stadiums, uh, the, um, the new stadium for the, the uh, uh, Commanders is still being looked at. And the Jacksonville Jaguars also – have unveiled plans for their new stadium of the future in Jacksonville. Uh, the mm-hmm. conceptual designs, however, make it look like a giant toilet to me. But, <laughs> right. You know, it's again, I'm sure it'll be a wonderful stadium. I'm sure it'll be very nice. I, I I'm sure, but, but, but it looks like a toilet. It looks like a shitter. It looks like a fancy shitter. It, you know what it looks like? It looks like one of those, um, uh, potty seats that you would train your your kid on when you're potty training them when they're like two three years old those little short ones a mm-hmm. little there yeah yeah that's kind of what it, what it looks like to me you know <laughs> looks like a, a child's potty seat i don't yeah <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what the overhead shots are going to look like when it's finally ready for game day yeah i um yeah i i don't understand I, I don't understand like where they come up with these designs. Like, like I just when you thought that like a stadium couldn't look like more like a toilet, like the Ohio State Stadium, because right. the Ohio State 
stadium really looks like a toilet. Like, yep. like just when you thought, um, you know, uh, you, you just when you, I'm sorry, I'm getting, getting messages here and whatnot. Just when you thought that, uh, um, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a stadium is more like a toilet than the Ohio state stadium. Uh, right. yeah. Yeah. Then, know, then the Jaguars come out with this. it's almost like they're trying to say okay okay top this like yeah why would would we want to top why would we want to top it though it looks like a toilet (laughs) it just doesn't make sense ours is a toilet but it looks like a fancier toilet you know (laughs) it's like a japanese toilet (laughs) yeah it's one of those real nice ones i uh, this one glows in the dark but (laughs) it's just interesting I, i i'm just blown away by that um but the the Jags going out there doing some interesting stuff with, with that, to say the least. Um, elsewhere around the league, the Panthers right now, they got some stuff going on, man, that are just mm-hmm. wow. Uh, so corner J.C. Horn, he's to miss the rest of OTAs and minicamp due to a left ankle injury. J.C. Horn, for the, first, for the last two seasons, has been hurt. And mm-hmm. it, uh, just a few weeks ago, he was saying, man, I'm really hoping to – turn it around and stay healthy and whatever else. And then a couple weeks later, he hurts his ankle. And he's like, he may very well be one of the more injury prone corners in this league. I think the Panthers are going to wind up moving on from him because the man just can't stay healthy. I mean, it's it's getting close to being about that time. And Mm -hmm. I know that's, that's one of those things where like, you know, JC Horn, as good as he was at certain points throughout his career, yeah, yeah. I, I can't availability and reliability. We talk about it all the yep. time. If you can't be available and you can't be reliable, I don't want you here. You know, exactly. like yeah, you know, I don't need you at that point. So when when it comes to uh, uh, J.C. Horn, you know he's he hurt again. Hopefully he can be ready for for week one. But he's going to miss OTAs. He's going to miss training camp. That's a problem. That is a right. huge huge problem for the Panthers. Big problem. Yep. Although here, here's some uh, um, some lightning news for the Panthers. Uh, Frank Reich has promoted quarterback Bryce Young to first team duties in camp. Uh, so it sounds like obviously they're they're sold on the kid. I mean, obviously he's a, a much shorter and much smaller in stature than your average NFL quarterback. But what he make what he lacks in size, he makes up for in leadership qualities. They talked about that all throughout the draft. Yep. Um, you know, I, I think it's you know a kind of a related story that I found uh, on the old Espen. Uh, apparently uh, the Baltimore Ravens are also giving Lamar Jackson more freedom to audible. So, uh, you know, he didn't put that on the list. I just saw this and like, Oh, I could probably tie these two together. Yeah. So, so starting with the Panthers, mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw the video that, that popped up about uh, them in training camp. That man is terrifyingly small. Yes, he is. Um, I thought I, I looked at Bryce young and it looked like, and I, I, he looked like one of the make-a-wish kids that used to go out there and play with his favorite players. That's what he looked like. He And I'm like, fuck is a kid? At first, when I looked at it, I said, what the fuck is a kid doing on the field? And then I was like, oh, that's that's Bryce Young. <laughs> like, holy shit. Like, yeah. I blew my mind, like, that that he was, you know, that, that he was that small. Like, I, I just, they said he was small, but by comparison, I'm like, shit. Look how little he is. 
him and Kyler Murray <laughs> are like are like you know the damn near the same size. Like it's insane. I I just mm-hmm. uh, they said he was you know they oh well he's five eleven. No 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 that boy's got to be like five eight. Oh man, <laughs> that's got to be five eight. I I mean he he is is small. They're gonna beat the hell out of him. I I have a feeling that that there's gonna he better he better toughen up. I'll say that uh, he better because yes. if he gets hit wrong one time, it's game over. I think the Panthers are taking a huge risk. I understand there's a leadership quality there. There mm-hmm. is young leadership quality, um, and and he's shown Montana like leadership, very Montana. Yeah. But. Yeah, but if he gets hit wrong, you mean his legs might explode. Yeah. You know, his he he might you know he might not walk right. You know, or he, or they'll just snap his spine in half. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it reminds me. You know, if if you ever saw not another teen movie where the guy gets it, the the receiver gets hit high low and just gets completely ripped in half, that's kind of what I'm expecting. You know, at some point from Bryce Young, I just I don't know. I have I have concerns about that guy's size, um, especially mm-hmm. that huge offensive line that they have. Like like, I, is he going to be able to see over their heads to pass the ball? Yeah, I mean that was another thing. Like, I, is he? They're going to have to create throwing lanes for him. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <Yep>. get <laughs> running lanes. They're going to have to create throwing lanes every play. We're creating. Yep. Throwing. I, I mean, it was just it's wild. It's wild, man. But as far as Lamar Jackson goes, you know. Lamar Jackson is just, you know, they say they give him more freedom to audible at the line. And, and I think that's kind of smart on the end of the, the Ravens because, all right, you want a big boy money, you're going to do big boy things, right? That's right. That's, you wanted the big boy money. You wanted the big top quarterback money. Exactly. Okay. We're going to treat you like a top quarterback. That's what our plan is. We are going to treat you like a top quarterback. And um, I don't blame him. I don't blame him one bit. Uh, I think the the Ravens are making a smart move in saying we're going to get every penny out of you for that monster lucrative deal. You're the highest paid quarterback in the league. I expect you to be the highest paid quarterback in the league and act like the highest paid quarterback in the league. So as far as being a a quarterback, Lamar Jackson, you're getting paid all that money. Hopefully he can figure out how to audible. I think I Lamar Jackson, you know, like when he's fly, he's got to take off and go running. I want to see whether or not he can make the calls at the line. Right. I want to see if he can do that. That can I want he to read see a defense. He, yeah. Can he read a defense? Can he command an offense? You know, because I I don't really haven't seen times where Lamar has truly commanded an offense. I, I see a, he's a playmaker, sure, but is he a guy that can command an offense at the caliber that a Peyton Manning or a Tom Brady or a, you know all these greats, the Drew Breeses of the world, the Aaron Rodgers. I want to see if he can command an offense on that caliber. So uh, that that's going to be an interesting thing. Uh, speaking of the Ravens, their former safety, Tony Jefferson, has retired after 10 seasons. He's moving into a scouting role for the team. I, you know, Tony Jefferson, he had himself a really excellent career. Near the back end, he wound up, you know, suffering some injuries. You know, those – and it's quite, it's funny. Like, we talk about how teams turn on players. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'd ever seen anybody – turn on a player as quickly as Tyler did when Tony Jefferson went down with an injury. I never <laughs> seen that so fast. It was, it was like he goes down with an injury. Chuck Clark comes in. Chuck Clark has a good couple of games. Well, I don't need Tony Jefferson on my team. Oh, what the fuck? I don't need that fucking guy. 
<laughs> it was insane. Oh and, and Cody Jefferson the, in that offseason was like, go, and then what's Tyler doing? Good. We needed to get him off the books. Chuck Clark's the guy. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Jeez. Like, he turned like, on. Hey, he was with your team for 10 years. I mean, come on, man. Turned on Jefferson so quick. I, I was <laughs> blown away by that. It was so funny. But, you know, you see it all the time. I think this is a smart move, though, getting Tony Jefferson in as a scout. Um, you know, it's it's smart. You know, you get him in as a scout, and and he is, uh, uh, you know, just just he's got a good eye for for talent. I think, and I, I think he's seen enough on the field. He's experienced enough on the field. This is just kind of the the progression, I guess you could say, from player to scout. And then you go up in the front office and you start being a front office guy. I mean, that's that's good. Good for Tony Jefferson. I think he's going to have himself a great career with the Ravens. And and I think he's going to find some good DBs out there. He's probably got a great eye for it. I'm excited for him. So congratulations on your retirement, retirement, Mr. Jefferson. And also congratulations on becoming a scout in the NFL. That's going to be a great thing for him. And great job by the Ravens. Keeping a long-term employee around, a long-term player, a long-time player, and, and not just cutting them loose and saying, ah, F you, have a nice life. Well, speak, speaking of that, um, your, your, your opinion may differ, but uh, I see here that the Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys have released uh, defensive end, offensive linebacker edge, Tack McKinley. Now, he was signed to be on the practice squad. It was given a one-year deal in March, and they said, eh, hit yeah. the bricks. Yeah, they, when they picked him up last year, they put him on the practice squad. They wanted to kind of build Tack McKinley a little bit, and and Tack McKinley was really good for the the Atlanta Falcons for a little while there. And I don't know why they didn't do more with him. Quite frankly, I I think Tack McKinley's a good player, and they're sort of wasting him. I, I they yeah. waste him there. I think teams are kind of sleeping on this guy. He was a good player for Atlanta. I mean, it's, it, I don't know what's going on with this. It's a very weird situation over there. What do you think? Well, I, I don't know. It's like I think Minnesota would do well to pick him up. I mean, you guys need edge rushers after yep. you know, if especially if Daniel Hunter's getting dealed, dealed, dealt like we said, maybe get a trade for him. You know, well, he's, well, now he's a free agent, but you know, yep. I'm sure there are a lot of edge needy teams out there that could that could use a player like this, like him. Yep, he was good. Yeah, I mean, he played for for Cleveland. He played for Atlanta. I mean, Tack McKinley. 2020, 69.6 PFF grade. Not bad. Uh, 2018, he had a, a 61 PFF grade. Not too shabby. Uh, 2019, 67 PFF grade. Like, he is a starting caliber guy in the league. Um, and and he's young. He's a former first-round pick. I In last year, you know, he, he had a 66.6 overall grade. And, and he didn't play a ton of snaps last year. He played uh, just 18 snaps last year. But in those 18 snaps had a pretty fucking good grade. I, I, I think Tack McKinley's like, I do. I think he's like a, a earth shattering type of player. No, he's right. that a team should be picking up on a discount right now. And you could have a potential starter on your hands. Yeah. You know, depending yeah. on the system. Absolutely. If you need an outside linebacker or an edge rusher. Yeah. You should be picking him up for a, on a discount. Even if you, if it is just to have a depth guy, well, you see what's interesting for some of these teams is, okay, say you do have two edge rushers, okay, and 
say you have a guy like an edge rusher that is a, a backup or a journeyman backup, or let's say you went out and picked up an edge rusher in the sixth or seventh round of the draft, and then Tack McKinley becomes available. Hey, there he is. Like, I mean, what? I've got a, I've got a, even if you're just using him as a depth guy, just right. as a depth guy, I'd be like, oh, I can get Tack McKinley for one and a half million or two million dollars, and I sure. can just, uh, uh, that's all I got to do is, is get rid of a sixth round defensive end that's not worth worth a shit. Sold, sold, sold. I'm I'm taking Tack McKinley every time. So yeah, I I. I think this would be smart by any team to go out and pick him up. I think people are sleeping on this guy. He's one of those players that you can get on a discount and, and you can have him as a depth guy. If you want you can start him if you want, if you need to, but he'd be a good depth player. And in a lot of these teams that have two solid edge rushers, <clears throat> people are sleeping on this guy. They need to start looking at him. That's, that's what right. people need to do. Um, speaking of the Cowboys, currently working to sign C.D. Lamb to a deal. I know how much you love C.D. Lamb. I like C.D. Lamb a lot. He did me wonders in fantasy last year. Um, <laughs> I wasn't entirely sold on C.D. Lamb initially when he came out into the league. I think I thought Amari Cooper was the better receiver. But C.D. Right. Lamb has really morphed into wide receiver one over there in Dallas. Um, very, very, very special player. Very special yep. player. I like C.D. Lamb a lot. Um and and the Cowboys are going to get him into an extension. Is it an extension that I think is going to reset the market? I don't know about all that. He's not going to get paid more than Justin Jefferson. I'm going to tell you that no. right. But no. the Vikings, this is one of the reasons why the Vikings would be smart to sign Justin Jefferson now, because yep. depending on what CeeDee Lamb gets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, you know, then Justin Jefferson is going to probably want more money yep. if, unless he's locked down for a contract. Right, Jefferson's going to want more money than CeeDee Lamb. Um, I, I think CeeDee Lamb is going to be getting close to 30. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to be talking about $30 million, depending on where the market goes and where the salary cap goes and whatever the case in the next couple of years. But CeeDee Lamb, he needs an extension. The Cowboys need to give him a deal. Um, and and CeeDee Lamb's going to be probably getting around 30 to $31 million. He'll He'll be resetting the market. Get ready for that. He'll be getting Defonte Adams' money. He's one of the best receivers in the league. Um, That's old. Oh yeah, he'll be getting Devonte Adams money. Um, and and I think CD is is to me. I think he's worth it. I do. Yeah. I think he's worth it. I think he's he's proven his worth. The wide receiver position is becoming a, a far more premium position than it was way back in the day. Uh, we're in a pass heavy league. It's a pass first league. This makes a lot of sense, Alex. What say you? Absolutely. I mean, we we definitely have morphed into a pass-heavy league. Uh, you know, we, we take more stock in our wide receivers. Plus, plus they're more durable. Right. You know, the running the running backs. You know, we keep talking about how they don't last that long because they're getting hit the hardest. Right. You know, a, a shelf life for a running back seems to be like twenty eight years old. Uh, and well, you can probably eight years in the league is the average for a running. Eight year- yeah, eight years is 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 an average in the league, and the, you know they're coming in like what 22, 21, 23. So the you know, right by the time they're thirty years old, I mean they're basically retiring or they're or they're relegated to backup status. Yep. You know, wide receivers tend to last a little bit longer. Uh, so you know they they last longer. Plus they make you know just as just as you know they make just as exciting plays as your running backs do. I mean, you know, we're, we're long past the days of the Barry Sanders and the Emmett Smiths 
you know, we still have we still have backs like that when you talk about Zeke Elliott and uh, Derrick Henry. But, you know, we, we we're in a pass heavy league and, you know, C.D. Lamb and Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup and, you know, some of these other high quality OBJ, uh, you know, we could all, you know, I'll, I'll even dare put Garrett Wilson on the on the list. Uh, you know, he, he's got a little bit. Obviously, he's got a little bit to prove before he gets in, in the upper echelon. But but the but the point remains, you know, we're we're this this league is leaning more towards our wide receivers. Yeah, it's pass heavy all day. And, uh, you know, it, it's. It's unfortunate because it's not the football I remember, but it does make for a more exciting game sometimes. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's just it is what it is. And and that's OK. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, the guys like Bijan Robinson are, are somewhat of a last of a dying breed in the NFL. Um, CD Lamb's going to be worth the money down the line for them. He's going to be worth the money. And, and right now they've got an injury prone running back down there and Tony Pollard with Dallas. So we're going to see where Dallas goes in this situation. I have uh, I have my questions about how much they're going to pay him, but I have a feeling he's getting Devontae Adams money. I, I really do. Yeah. And Adams is making 30 and I think CD Lamb's going to be in that vicinity uh, for sure. Speaking of contracts, uh, good contract stuff, the Chargers are making all kinds of moves. The Chargers, running back Austin Eckler, he agrees to a revised contract for $1.75 million in, in very reachable incentives. It's a very reachable yardage incentive, touchdown incentives, things like that. Only $1.75 million in those incentives, but um, it's only just revising his contract for this year. I think after this season, he's still a free agent. It's an interesting situation. I think that the Chargers are smart to make him happy for this year because it was very tough to get him in the team facility. But Austin Eckler, he is like one of the top guys on that offense. Uh, he's a great change of pace back. And I think his size sort of makes him not as valuable as a running back. They want a bigger running back. They want a guy that's going to be more durable. Obviously, Austin Eckler is a very small guy. But he's been successful. Austin Eckler had a better average than, uh, um, you know, when Melvin Gordon was in town. And that's why they said, well, shit, we'll just give Austin Eckler the opportunity. And he turned out to be great. I like Austin Eckler a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I don't know that he's worth top-tier running back money. uh, You know, I don't think he's worth that. Give me 10. You know, give me 10. Give me 11. But, but. Are we talking 15 million Zeke Elliott money? Absolutely not. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. We're not talking that these a huge running back contract. We're not talking Derrick Henry money here. He shouldn't right. be getting paid that. He should be getting paid at least double digit money though. 10, 11 mm-hmm. mil. I could see that. But Austin Eckler, you know, uh, uh, he's he is a change of pace back. He's one of the better change of pace backs in the league, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, and and I get it. The Chargers use him as more of a you know, all purpose back, I guess, but and every down back and and from a pass situation to a run situation, that's they that's what they use them for. But um, yeah, I think I think this was smart to get him in the building, but I don't know what the hell the Chargers are going to do after this year. I really don't. Uh, one thing they're going to try and do though is they're going to try and get the quarterback Justin Herbert signed to a long term deal. I stand firm that I believe Justin Herbert will have a bust in Canton. God damn it. Um, I like Justin Herbert a lot and, um, yeah, you know, that the, the question about Justin Herbert is what is he going to get paid? This is going to be another, uh, another question. 
I like Herbert a lot, but his successes haven't been as much as I feel like they should be. And like a lot of people feel they should be. You could be talking about Justin Herbert getting paid 45 and it wouldn't surprise me one bit. If he was getting right. paid Dak Prescott money or Kyler Murray money, it wouldn't surprise me one bit because right now, based on his level of success, that's what he's worth. Now, if he were to go out and have a deep playoff run or even or be a consistent playoff contender or end up in a Super Bowl, now mm-hmm. we're talking, you know, big time money. But right, right now given the fact that he's only had one playoff appearance, given the fact that he had to kind of middle of the road seasons. um, And it wasn't entirely his fault. Obviously, you know, the Chargers got a lot of injury issues on that team. They got a lot of problems that are not Justin Herbert Mm -hmm. um, that, that kind of weigh him down a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, But because of that, he'll probably wind up in the $45 million range. I think, I don't think they're going to wind up giving him 50, 51, 52. They're not giving him that, that, you know, Lamar Jackson money. That's not happening, but he is going to get paid. He's going to get paid very well, uh, very handsomely. You know, uh, Alex, let's say you on that. Yep, absolutely. Uh, You know, Justin Herbert definitely is a very dynamic quarterback, Uh, you know, and he will have a bust in Canton. Uh, You know, I'll go ahead and uh, piggyback on that. Uh, you know, that's it, it, another one of our bingo card phrases. You know, right. I, I think we hit a couple of them today. Uh, I think we need to, I think it, it was a sidebar. I think we need to kind of have like a fun, like, like outside blitz bingo card. And then just like, you know, pull it out and see if, see if we get anything on the list here. Uh, <laughs> but, it, you know, just during our episodes, just kind of past the time. But uh, in all, in all seriousness, you're right. He's, he's not like, he's, he's a middle of the road quarterback and uh, like upper mid card. You know, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say upper mid card and, you know, he, yeah, he, yeah, Dak Prescott and, you know, Kyler Murray money. Sure. You know, you, you get into the, you get into the realm of like the Lamar Jackson's and the Patrick Mahomes is when you win a bowl, yeah. you know, and I, I can totally see him winning a bowl, even, if it just goes to the bowl and then it's like, okay, he's a super bowl quarter. He's a super bowl participating quarterback. So now it's like, okay, we're, we're going to, you know, he got, he got us to a bowl. Let's let's pump his let's pump his numbers up. Yeah. Uh. So you know, def, definitely going to be uh. You know, he's he's definitely an asset for any NFL team. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's definitely not going to need Tommy John surgery like Matt Stafford. Right. <laughs> That's another one. <laughs> Did it again. I yeah. See, I'm not going to miss a miss a a beat no. with that. Um. So yeah, I agree with you. It's it's going to be an interesting thing. Um, another si- interesting thing that's going on that could be a potential signing. The Jets are currently working out former Bills punter Matt Areza. Um, look, the, the Matt Areza situation, we talked about it. Um, the, there was an alleged uh, uh, gang rape that went on over in, in San Diego State University where Matt Areza was. He was accused of being a part of said gang rape situation. And uh, then they realized or, or evidence showed that Matt Areza was not in attendance at that situation. Uh, so the girl who accused him of being there or being one of the ringleaders was mistaken. And uh, he has been absolved of said accusation. Uh, now Matt Areza is trying to get back on track. That, that situation costed him millions of dollars. Um, mm. And it's unfortunate that, that he lost a, a decent chunk of time on his on his you know nfl career because of of 
uh, an accusation of that caliber. But Jets currently working him out. Hopefully, I really hope that Matt Areza gets signed. I think he's got a hell of a leg. We got to see him at the combine just 80-yard dropping punt dimes. I mean, just knocking them right inside the tent. Everybody was laughing, going, man, this guy's insane. I hope he gets signed somewhere. I hope he gets a decent contract. He's a good pickup for whoever is is working him out, and uh, I hope he gets uh, uh, scooped up maybe by the Jets. But, hey, you know what? Anybody would be lucky to have a punter of that caliber. Um, also with the Jets, Robert Sally says he's very optimistic that Brees Hall will be ready for week one, the running back. Uh, Brees Hall tore his ACL last year. It was an unfortunate injury because he was red hot for those few weeks. And yep. then, you know, it reminded me of uh, – you know, the, the grownups too, where the yep. kid kicking field goals and then Adam Sandler and everybody's like, oh man, look at this kid go. And then Adam Sandler trips over a sprinkler, lands on the kid, breaks the kid's leg. And they're like, oh, well, that's enough of that. And that's <laughs> kind of what it was. Like Brees Hall had like these three weeks where he was just, or two or three weeks where he was just amazing. And everybody's going, oh man, look at Brees Hall. And then he tears his ACL and everybody kind of turned around and went, well, that's enough of that. Like, yeah. And, Which and, is sad because, you know, Brees Hall definitely shows a lot of promise. But, you know, so it'll be exciting to see what he does, you know, uh, if he's if he's back. You know, they definitely need a running game. You know, uh, they, they had, you know, on top, you know, they're getting a nice top caliber player. You know, now they have Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, uh, you know, they got those players together. So now getting Brees Hall back in the in the in the mix, you know, I say let's go. Right. And, and, uh, Brees Hall, he showed he's sort of a, really an all purpose back. He reminds me very much of Chris Johnson, uh, the way that he plays. And, and I hope he develops more longevity because Chris Johnson obviously had a very short career. Um, but the one year where he was red hot, where Chris Johnson did break 2000 yards, it was a pretty incredible season. And, uh, I think that, that he reminds me so much of, of Chris Johnson, the way he plays, he can catch the ball effectively. He can run the ball effectively. Brees Hall is an excellent player. So I want to see, and, and he really proved me wrong because I really thought that he was going to be kind of a, eh, and I thought he was kind of being oversold to people. Um, and, and he showed that he can be a really special player in that Jets offense. The question is how effective is he going to be and how durable is he going to be? Uh, you know, availability, reliability, we talk about all the time. And that's going to be a big one right there. Um, next up, the Raiders, quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. This is kind of funny. He needed a waiver in his contract to be signed by the Raiders or else he would have failed his physical and not been able to be signed. What? Yeah. Needed a waiver in his contract or else he would have failed his physical and would not have been able to be signed. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, the fact that the Raiders brought him in under those circumstances, mind-blowing to me. Yeah. Jeez. That's that's definitely got red flags going all over the place. So what does that? So what what implications do, does that have then? Well, it, I mean, if he had failed his physical, they wouldn't have been able to sign him. But it's I just it, yeah. fact, it's just the fact that he failed his physical. Like you failed your physical to be in the NFL. Like like to be uh, at a a. a a physically fit NFL quarterback. I mean, yeah. that's like that's like leaving your keys on the dining room table before right. going for your going to work in the morning. I 
was like, what the hell? But and it, and it might work out in the Raiders' favor because the owners did approve a rule that allows the emergency third quarterback to be active on game day without using a roster spot. Uh, that was based on the San Francisco situation from last year where the, in the playoffs, the Niners uh, went out and got stomped uh, in the yeah. NFC title game because they didn't have quarterbacks. Uh, and the Eagles went out and just stomped them out. But, uh, yeah, that, that rule got approved. The, Jimmy G might benefit from that, or the Raiders might benefit from that, because if Jimmy G can't even pass a physical. <laughs> what do they have? <laughs> need it. Um, and, and last but not least, speaking of the Raiders, and this one was kind of just ugly, ugly, ugly. Uh, the Saints go out and sign John Gruden as a new offensive consultant to help install a new look offense for the team. <laughs> what a, oh boy. <laughs> it's, yeah, what, what a world we live in. <laughs> what are we doing here? Like, like, look, I, I, the Saints organization is already a, a disgusting, awful, miserable, dirty, filthy piece of shit organization as it is, as far as I'm concerned. I think that that organization is filled with dirt bags, but you really just had to go get King Dirtbag. And, yeah. and, you know, like, like, I know the Saints don't give a fuck about anything and they're okay with being, you know, assholes to the world. But really, really, John, John Gruden, <laughs> like, I, I, I think John Gruden's a good coach. Yeah. But really? <laughs> Especially all the crap he went through last year with those emails that got leaked. Yeah, all of his emails, all of his racist emails two years ago. I mean, like, what are we talking about? Why is this guy? Why, why is he in the news? Leave him at home. <laughs> what, what are we doing here? Like, the Saints, like, they're like, oh, God, well, the commanders are one-upping us as giant pieces of shit. Let's go ahead and get John Gruden in here. You know, like, <laughs> what are we doing? It just doesn't make sense. It, uh, yeah, I always have, have been appalled by the Saints organization and the things that they've done. This one is pretty high up there in the recent recent bullshit scale. I mean, just uh, unbelievable. I, I think they're, they're going to benefit, I guess, from, from having him as far as uh, uh, an offensive consultant goes. But if you want the the, the backlash from it, I'm okay. Okay, we'll we'll have it in spades for you. <laughs> yeah, have fun. I, I mean, it's just dumb. What a shit hole organization! Like my god, my god. Mm. But that's all we got around the league. Um, Alex, uh, before we take off, let's give a, a shout out to a couple of our sponsors here. First and foremost, let's talk about IYTMassage.com. It's your time massage. The best massage therapist around, uh, Amanda. She's tremendous. Uh, amazing work. I love everything that she does. Great for deep tissue. Great for Swedish. Great for CBD. All those things included i mean it, it, we're, she's selling packages now yep she's got packages going on you can get a, a massage package and, and a monthly deal so you can come in every single month and and get yourself a massage uh you, you know you got gift certificates if you want to get something special for that special someone in your life you want to get them a massage hey gifts get yourself a gift certificate send it over to your buddy that's okay it's all right give it to your mom give it to your dad whatever get a massage 
go to itsyourtimemassage.com. I highly recommend anybody getting a massage. Alex, have you gotten a massage recently? I, I mean, I, I, I did get one a couple of years ago, but it wasn't it. It wasn't at It's Your Time. So I need to probably jump on the boat when it comes to that. Right. I mean, that's that's the the big thing. You got to go and and uh, um, you got to go and get yourself a massage. It's your time massage. That is the the place to be. Uh, that's that's the 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 best massage therapist in the world. Uh, next up, let's talk about Patch Miracle Photography. I mean, are you looking for a top notch photographer? Do you have a special event that you remember or you want to remember for the rest of your life? Are you looking for a local alternative? Go to Patch Miracle Photography. Uh, locally owned and operated by Andrew and Chantel. Uh, their mission is to offer a unique experience and a memory that you're going to love and cherish for a lifetime. Patch Miracle Photography has an incredibly diverse range of, of, of photography subjects, whether you're in need of graduation photos, wedding photos, engagement photos, maternity photos, newborn photos, family portraits, or for any occasion, if you're looking to do a special boudoir shoot for that special someone in your life, a nice little sexy thing, uh, hey, Patch Miracle, Photog Patch Miracle Photography does it all, all right? And their work ethic is second to none. Contact Andrew and Chantel on the Patch Miracle Photography Facebook page or go to their website at patchedmiraclephotography.com. Make the special moments in your life last forever with Patch Miracle I highly recommend them. They did our wedding photos. They've done our, our baby photos. I mean, they did the baby's first birthday photos. They did maternity photos for, for my wife and I. Patch Miracle, guys. Check them out. They're awesome. Uh, also, want to give a shout-out to uh, an excellent author, Ms. Tammy Pruitt. I Ate Cookies Out of the Trash is the book. Um, highly motivational book. Excellent, excellent read uh, about a um, – a lot of uh, a waste and a very motivational book and an instructional book almost on on how to uh, to kind of keep your head up and also lose some weight and and be focused on yourself and make yourself happy. I mean, it's a tremendous book. I highly recommend it. I ate cookies out of the trash. If you get an opportunity, check it out. I believe it's on uh, Apple Books over there. It's also uh, you can get it on Amazon. So, uh, folks, check that out as well. Uh, Alex, let's talk about uh, Steel Twins Gaming here. What do we have going on? So right now, uh, the case that we are working on is a very strange case uh, at London's Great Exhibition. Uh, if you don't know what game we're talking about, we're talking about the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. This is probably going to go on for about a month. You know, uh, this this case is like it's meaty. It's like it's like a gigantic sandwich. You know, we were we did we recorded the first part of the episode uh, on Wednesday, and it took us almost three hours. And that's just the first investigation. We still have to go through the first part of the trial. We said we still have to go through another investigation. So yeah, it's probably going to be about a month. Every Wednesday night, kids, uh, you know, well, package and myself, uh, we're here. You know, you know, doing doing the thing. You know, Scott here will occasionally pop in and say something ridiculous, and we'll all have a good laugh. You know, we try to we try to get in our own jokes whenever we can. Uh, but it's a blast. If you if you if you're looking for something that you know, a watch on a Wednesday night, you know, just grab grab a bag of pop, grab a bowl of popcorn, and just sit down. You know, or you can watch us after the fact on our YouTube channel. You know, yeah. the, the videos have been saved there. So if you you know, take a look at the archives for some of the oldies and goodies. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, you guys are doing excellent work over there every Wednesday. It is a hell of a time. Um, 
you know, I, I jump on there and, and it entertains me while I'm, while I'm busy doing what I'm doing. So I, I do get the opportunity to jump on every now and then and, and kind of bug you guys a little bit. A lot of fun, a lot of fun stuff. And, and those games are very entertaining. Uh, so I, I really do recommend, first of all, get the Ace Attorney series. I mean, but also, um, you know, check out uh, Steel Twins Gaming. Uh, excellent, excellent content they're putting out. Uh, also, we got to give a shout out to Face Kicked Apparel, our boy Sean Stockmeyer, his wonderful wife Lisa. They do amazing work, custom shirts, hoodies, hats, you name it, they pick it. <laughs> you name it, you pick it, you, you, you name it, you pick it, they'll stick it. Over at uh, facekickedapparel.com. Uh, and, and it looks like they had a, a, a embroidering machine that was going on there. Yes, I saw that. So maybe they're going to start sewing now? Yeah. Mm. If we're going to start embroidering stuff, that is exciting news. I, I was watching it. I saw that video pop up and said, what in the hell is going on here? Folks, get ready. Facekickedapparel.com. They're, they're going to your place for all your custom shirts and hoodies and hats and anything else that you could need. Custom clothing. You need, you want some custom. That's the place to go. Facekickedapparel.com. And last mm. but not least, let's talk about Big Willie Dubs game and Big Willie Dubs doing some special stuff over there. He's got some a lot of fun content. I love his TikToks. I always talk about that. I love seeing his TikToks, his videos on there. Um, and he always makes like funny little music videos of them and whatever the case. Uh, it's cool stuff. A lot of Warzone going on, a lot of first-person shooter stuff. But he's also up over there on Twitch doing some interesting things. If you And, and I, I joined him on one of his Twitch casts. Uh, um, I just happened to be in the vicinity. And uh, we were eating, uh, uh, we were playing a jelly bean game where yep. you, you flip the, the, or you spin the wheel and it says, all right, you pick a jelly bean out of the little container and it's either going to be a really delicious one, or it's going to taste gross. And mine was, I was either going to get juicy pear, or I was going to get a nasty booger, and I ate the nasty booger one. So, <laughs> so I mean, yeah. a great, um, it's a great Twitch stream over there, uh, Big Willie Dubs Gaming. Check it out. His gaming is fun. His other content, he does other stuff on there. It's a load of fun. Uh, grab yourself a beer. Check it out. Big Willie Dubs. And uh, Alex, that's our show, man. That is our show. Um, we we did go the extra week. We didn't have a ton going on in the league. I mean, it was it's been quiet. It's been yep, weird, crickets. Quiet, yeah, weirdly quiet. Uh, and and we were we took a you know a three week show and we made it an hour and forty minutes. Which <laughs> hey, yeah, that's, gonna... hey, that, that's exactly what that's that's what we're talking about here. Yeah, so. so. Uh, we're nine weeks away from football, so you know, uh, and we only and it's going to be two weeks before the next show. So, uh, you know, real soon here, the the the, the steam engine is going to be picking up steam. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be rocking and rolling here pretty soon. We're gonna be talking, and we're like I said, we're gonna be talking about interesting stuff. We're gonna be talking about our our top free agents in the next couple of weeks, our top available ones, um, because you know there are going to be uh, some top free agents that are still going to be available that are going to be blown away that they're not signed. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, different predictions. We're going to be doing our way too early season predictions next week or uh, next show. Uh, we're going to be jumping into that, basically going through and breaking down every game of the NFL season and how we think they're going to go. We're going to redo that just before the beginning of the season to see what our predictions will hold 
and and to see which team we think is going to end up in the Super Bowl as the Super Bowl champions. We're going to go through the whole thing. It's going to mm. be fun. I'm excited for it. So, folks, um, thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, thank you for joining us. We will see you uh, next time right here on Outside Blitz. Ciao.